Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to get together. We pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word, the praying that will occur tonight. Uh, Lord, there's, uh, as a time like this, a lot of holiday cheer, a lot of wonderful uh, activity going on in relationship, uh, building, mending, uh, establishing, uh, cultivating. And so we praise you for all of that. Uh, thank you for Jesus who uh, gives us the ability to love uh, love you, Father, and love one another and uh, and forgives us so we can forgive others. And Lord, there's so many wonderful things that come through Christ. Uh, the gift of eternal life is uh, rich and uh, eternal. And so it's uh, truly awesome. We pray tonight as we look into your word that you just bless your word, uh, bless the prayer time that we have after and uh, as we consider all the things on the prayer pieces and then there's other things that aren't on the prayer pieces lord we pray god that uh, we do that priestly work of intercession uh you know and since it was sincerity with truth uh lord casting cares upon you knowing you care for us earnestly beseeching you uh lord i pray god our hearts would be tuned up that we'd be focused on you and uh, we thank you and we praise you and we ask this in jesus name amen all right, so um, tonight we're in First Timothy, or Second Timothy, I should say rather, Second Timothy chapter three, which is a, a famous and familiar place in our Bibles for many of us. So uh, we're going to be talking about times like these, times like these, and so um, <clears throat> so I hope that we can. Um, you know, this is going to be broken, and not in. It'll be broken in two parts, but um, it's going to be two long parts. So it's going to not be one week and then the next week. So we'll be a few weeks on dealing with uh, corrupt men, and then we'll be talking about um, complete men. So there'll be the contrast. We'll see a contrast in this chapter, and so um, <clears throat> so tonight as we get into chapter three. Um, when I started the series, I mentioned that this book was about final instructions before leaving earth. As Paul was instructing Timothy, his son in the Lord, on the things he needed to know before he went home. And so it was his swan song as he fought to the finish. And he was encouraging... He was encouraging his disciple and son in the Lord. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. He was encouraging. I'm sorry, I got some things on my mind. Um, he was encouraging Timothy to do the same. So it's important that. Um, okay, tell us a little pray. How about that? Now we're good. It was. It's good. That, so it's important that. Uh, that uh, these last conversations that, that he had with uh, Timothy were very important to Paul, and they're important to Timothy, and they're important to us as they're preserved in the Word. So, as we know, uh, we've seen God encourage Timothy to grow in faith and move from fear to fruitfulness in chapter 2, and uh, and therefore it's fitting, as we enter chapter 3, <clears throat> that Paul focuses on the finality of the time and the contrast between faithful men and faithless men, because there are both... Uh, at this time in history. And so we see the contrast 
is a very simple division of the chapter. In verses uh, 1 through 9, there's a discourse concerning corrupt men uh, and corrupt times. In 2 Timothy three ten through 17, we see a discourse concerning complete men continuing in the Word of God who are thoroughly furnished into all good works. And so, obviously, we want to be good men, not corrupt men. And so you'll have to wait a few weeks before I get to the complete men. So Paul's uh, given Timothy some wisdom that he needs to deal with the times in which he lives in. So Second Timothy chapter 3, let's, uh, let's look at the verses 1 through 17. The text says here in verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, <clears throat> led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambers withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their uh, folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch and at Iconium and Lystra, uh, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live uh, godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution." But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And so it goes on to say, uh, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. A very familiar passage. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All right. So... Um, excuse me guys I'm sorry that introduction got I had some other things on my mind that kind of correlated with that so I apologize so as we talk about times like these corrupt men versus complete men uh, tonight and the next few nights uh, we'll be talking about which by the way next Sunday night we won't be having church because it's Christmas Eve and I'm sure most of us will be with our families and what have you um, so uh, and then the next week is the fifth Sunday and uh, it's also that's new. Is that New Year's Eve? So you guys will all be walking in the Spirit. Praise God. And uh, and so and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And nobody will be drunk with wine. We're in his excess. Praise God. So um, yeah, that, that so we used to have a big Heartland shindig, um, but it got so. Onus. It got to be so heavy on the staff to to pull it off that I I couldn't continue it in good conscience because it just was a lot of work for the staff, mainly Kathy kind of. Um, and so uh, and I was I was we all we were getting tired and the the staff was, <laughs> but uh, I think the church enjoyed it a lot. So uh, after over a decade of doing that, we kind of just let the ABFs do what they do and families do what they do on Christmas or on a New Year's Eve. But anyway. Um, and that was also before the focus conferences started coming. Sometimes those focus conferences run right up into the 
uh, New Year. This year they don't, but uh, at any rate, uh, this is their first point for study. The, discern the danger, right? Uh, we're talking about corrupt men. So back coming back around to our notes, discern the danger. So in verse 1 he says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Right? So corrupt men accompany perilous times. Uh, that's your blank there, perilous. So corrupt men accompany perilous times. So faithful and fruitful men should know this also. Right? These are things that we are to know uh, also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. So spiritual persistence will bring satanic resistance. The vessels of dishonor and men of com- complete and absolute corruption will continue to multiply as we enter the last days. I was just having a great conversation yesterday with Brian Clark about what he's going to be preaching at Focus, and, and uh, man, it just goes right along with this. You know, we can't have unrealistic expectations. You know, that's, that's as I preached a few weeks ago, that'll lead to disappointment, right? You, you need to have realistic expectations. And we know how this dispensation ends, but what do we do? Well, we do what Paul tells us to do here, is we, we discern the danger. We recognize that uh, corrupt times accompany perilous, uh, or corrupt men accompany perilous times, and, but we stay faithful. Right, and we we manage uh, the way God tells us to, which is exactly what this chapter is here to do: is help us manage uh, these types of situations with these types of people. And so, uh, point C: defining the last days. Uh, this can be a conundrum for some, but you may remember that Paul already made mention in the first epistle of Timothy of the latter times in chapter four, verse one. And uh, both of these times refer to the same time period before the coming of Christ uh, with some distinction. The last times uh, can be a cross-reference to Daniel chapter 12 where we see the movement of Satan through the Antichrist to destroy the kingdom of Christ. Uh, associated with, uh, <clears throat> with that is the spirit of Antichrist, uh, which was uh, prevalent in the days of Paul until the time of the coming tribulation. Because you know that even John wrote that uh, as well, that the spirit of Antichrist doth already work. Uh, and so in 1 Timothy 4.1, we were warned of seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, <clears throat> which found their roots in the false doctrines of the first century in ancient Babylonian religion. And that's another thing. When you study history, you realize that, that the false religion and Babylonian religion obviously predates Rome. So it's, it's really an ancient satanic um, religion. Even when we look at Exodus, many of the same deities are associated with those same 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 day or same deities, different you know names and different day, but same systems that keep recycling through history. And so there's last times dealing again. Just to be clear, that's dealing with it's kind of past, present, and future. Um, Application. There's a historical application. In the first century. There's a current application. There's a future application. As uh, you know, the showdown's coming, and uh, and the uh, the kingdom of Christ will be challenged uh, with the spirit of Antichrist. And of course, Jesus wins. But then there's the last days. So there's last times, and there's last days. And and uh, and that's a phrase first mentioned in Genesis 49:1. That's a long way, right? So you want to get your first out of Genesis in reference to the lineage of Israel's sons. We find in Genesis 49 prophetic information concerning what would be um, what would be prophetic uh, information of note in regarding to the last days. Uh, the following prophecy concerning Jesus. So I actually alluded to this this morning. Oh, I put this in your notes, didn't I? Genesis 49:10. So I was going to have you turn there, but I I actually just realized I misquoted it. Off of memory, I said chapter 50. So chapter 49, I knew it was at the end there of Genesis. Uh, Genesis 49, 10. 
So if you were here this morning, that was a bad quote on my part. Um, but it says the scepter, this is the reference I was talking to, uh, talking about when I was quoting, I believe, probably Daniel chapter 7, uh, or, or may have been, it may have been uh, Isaiah 9, 7. I can't recall off the top of my head. One of those verses mentioned the scepter. Um, and, and it also ties to this, this verse, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor uh, a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall uh, the gathering of the people be. Notice Shiloh here is not a location, it is a person. Uh, although Shiloh was a location, right? So Shiloh is where the tabernacle uh, was located um, in the book of Judges, and Shiloh uh, was where it ended up settling in Jerusalem later on. But Shiloh is a person, and of course the scepter it represents the king, and Judah, of course, we know that Jesus Christ is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. So when you're doing your Messiah Highway, uh, one of the stops on that road is Genesis 49.10, right? When you're tying those verses together, those covenant promises to, in the, the, the prophecy of Genesis 3, uh, then you get into Abraham's covenant promises and, and Isaac and Jacob's. Well, this is coming forth from Jacob, and then God narrows it down to not just uh, the seed of Israel, but he goes specifically through Judah. Uh, there's going to be a lawgiver, or there there will not a uh, nor nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, until he shall, uh, and, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Uh, and so not only is he the king, uh, he's a good shepherd as well, because he's going to gather up his people like a flock. So there's a lot of there's a lot in Genesis 49:10, <clears throat> but um, um, in reference to the last days. Um, the first mention is in chapter 49 and verse 1, which I didn't give you. And so I'm going to go back and read that. <clears throat> so that is not in your notes, so forgive me for that. Genesis chapter 49 and verse 1. Genesis 49, 1. Uh, it says, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you <clears throat> that which shall befall you in the last days. The last days. And so this is a interesting place to find that in Genesis. And so there's a there is a a lot that is uh, riding on that passage and what ends up coming forth in regard to how God will give inheritance to the nation of Israel, specifically to the twelve tribes which are laid out in these chapters. So for those today that would say that you know <laughs> let's have a two partner solution and and you know let's like take Israel off the map and all of that, they are totally going against. Christ, so that's Antichrist, actually. So some of the geopolitical activity today is Antichrist, and so you can identify that because it's working against God's will for His people Israel, though they are not redeemed yet. So just keep that in mind. They still need to get that stony heart replaced with a with a soft heart. But the prophecy concerning the false prophet will promote Antichrist. So as I've mentioned in Genesis 49, that same chapter, Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path, that biteth the horse uh, horse heels, so that his rider shall fall backward. And so, the phrase "last days" is mentioned three times in the Old Testament and five times in the New Testament. Uh, every time, uh, it has reference to the coming of the uh, hard-hearted condition of man before the judgment of Christ at the at His second coming, and the assurance that Jesus will return in victory over the kings and kingdoms of this world. And it's primarily a kingdom of heaven context, by the way. 
but the last days are days uh, in, in just, just before the rapture as well. Uh, and so uh, here in chapter 3, he's dealing with the last days, and he's not dealing with uh, you know the second coming of Christ. He's talking about the time before the rapture, and obviously in the coming tribulation period, for those Jews and, and Gentiles that realize they missed the rapture, they'll be able to look back on this and see these things clearly. But once the church is removed, the spirit of Antichrist will move forward and find more liberty to deceive, as we already know. So likewise, the tribulation saints will read over these passages and understand perfectly and receive instruction as they stand against the Antichrist in his world religion and government, which for us is easy to see already because, well, we have the mind of Christ. Um, uh, So this is one of those passages. This is clearly Pauline, by the way, clearly church-age stuff. But obviously uh, those in the tribulation will be uh, enlightened as they put these verses together and cross-reference them and go, wow, oh, okay, Paul was looking ahead. Of course he was, because he was given, he was stewards of the mysteries. And so... um, Okay, so I'm going to pause there before I go to point D, because I just said a lot. Any questions on any of that? Okay, that's a lot of stuff. We could have a class right there. But okay, so point D, uh, corrupt men accompany perilous times, which I've already mentioned. Corrupt men accompany perilous times. So the implication is that um, when there's no godly men of faith to stand for God, the world becomes a dangerous place, right? And... uh, you know, like Aaron Tippett said, if you don't stand for uh, something, you'll stand. You'll fall for anything. So, so Paul is not uh, revealing this truth so that we all throw our hand up in the air and quit. Uh, but understand that the battle that was raging in the first century, it's raging in the last century as well. <clears throat> and faithful men who are fruitful must stand in the gap because uh, as the righteous fail, the world becomes increasingly dangerous and wicked place. Uh, not to be uh, one of the knocks on us dispensationalists is we report the news as we find it, which is that every dispensation ends in a failure. What's the failure of the church age? Anybody know? Other than Jeff. I know Jeff knows. Yeah, lukewarm. lukewarm. What's our mission? What's God call us to do? Go yeah, go make disciples and teach all nations. Yeah. Man, we got a good good dose of rebuke from uh, Derek Thomas. He came in here and just laid it out as it is in truth, the Word of God, and says, "Hey, we're failing. You know, as a church, we're failing. We're not getting it done." And uh, <clears throat> and he's right because this church age ends in that failure. However, we're not. We don't have to be caught up in that. We don't have to be corrupt men. We can be complete men, and uh, and we can do what what we can do. And that's be faithful in perilous times and stand in the gap and make a difference. And uh, um, I was sharing with our pastors, at the, and you'll be hearing more about this in the coming year, but, you know, the, this year's theme is purchase the field. And men like Jeremiah, right, they, they had, if they just looked right in front of them, there wasn't a lot to look forward to, right? I mean, things look pretty grim. But if you, if you, if you, if you pay attention to the whole counsel of God's word, you've got to remember, Jesus wins. Right, and he always honors faithfulness. He always has a remnant, and so you want to be part of those faithful men. And that's what Timothy is. He's a faithful man, and he's being charged to continue to teach these things to faithful men. So you got to stay on mission, uh, even when things get worse. And that's what Paul's telling him: Hey, things are going to get worse, but stay on mission. Right? Stay focused, grasshopper, and don't get discouraged. So, uh, and so one of the most popular quotes in the modern era is true: The only thing necessary for tri- for the triumph of evil is that good men. Uh, do nothing 
And the Lord only knows where that quote comes from. So Ed, everyone quotes, gives Edwin, Ed, Edmund Burke uh, that uh, as JFK. And actually, I have found like a list of people that say that that's their quote. So I don't really know where that came from, but it's a principle. It's coming from the Word of God, really. Uh, is it, uh, you know, stand in the gap, make up a difference, right? And that's that's what's going on here. The last days of the tribulation, we'll find one man, Stan, who can actually bring hope and change. Uh, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, uh, the one who seals our soul will lose, uh, uh, will I'm sorry, loose uh, the seven seals and return as the only solution to the lost and dying world. And so, uh, don't wait until the second coming of Christ because you'll not make it. So we we you are uh, condemned already if you understand the Lord Jesus uh, lived a sinless life and died and rose again according to the Scripture. Your path is now perilous because you cannot claim ignorance of the reality of the resurrection. I was mentioning that this morning. The only way to face perilous times is with the assurance of the perfect law uh, or the perfect love in the Lord Jesus Christ that casts out fear. And uh, again, uh, we mentioned that this morning as well. Uh, Perfect love does cast out fear. And God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but uh, power, love, and a sound mind. And we mentioned, I was quoting Steve Fleshman, who talked about... You know, the two things that motivate people is fear and love. And uh, and that's true. And so God's given us love. And so we're motivated by love uh, in this dispensation. So I got through point one. Um, let's go ahead. I think I can knock out point two So in the time we have. So let's move on to point two. So, <clears throat> so let's discern the DNA of corrupt men. Uh, we haven't gotten very far in the text. But in the book of John... Jesus manifests himself as the Son of God, revealing his deity. Son is the blank there. Uh, as we discern the DNA of corrupt men, that's point two. Um, uh, the, the Pharisees argued that they were Abraham's seed as they assumed Jesus was born of fornication of Joseph and Mary. As we go back to and forth, uh, Jesus informs them that Abraham, whom they claimed to be their father, never treated Jesus the way uh, that they were treating him. And uh, and Jesus said in John eight forty four, You're of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So Paul identifies 18 attributes, 1-8 attributes of uh, corrupt men in the last days. 18 attributes. The first six... Uh, are very simple. They are uh, a corrupt man submits to no one but himself. And so um, they're covetous, right? Uh, They're boasters. They're proud. They're blasphemers. They're disobedient to parents. All these are just laying here on the text, so we don't have to go very far. That's verse 2. All of those are are right there in verse 2. So the first six are covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. But the blank there is they, a, a corrupt man submits to no one but himself, right? So he's self-willed in essence. Um, and then the second thing we see is a, a second series of sixes. Uh, and you would know there's 18, right? 18, so six plus six plus six, you get it? All right, so uh, the second series of six is a, cor- a corrupt man loves no one but himself. He's unholy, without natural affection, uh, he won't keep his word. He's a truce breaker uh, and uh, false accuser and incontinent. Can't control himself. 
Um, and so it sounds like our, our politicians, doesn't it? So, I mean, it almost sounds familiar, doesn't it? So the first six are covetous, boaster, proud, blasphemer, disobedient to parent. Don't submit to anyone but himself. The second is a corrupt man who loves no one but himself. Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. And then the third series of six is a corrupt man that exalts no one but himself. So he doesn't submit to anyone but himself. He loves no one but himself. And a corrupt man exalts no one but himself. Uh, and interesting description here, fierce. Right? What a change, right? So fierce, despisers of those that are good. Um, you know, hate, hate good people. Traitors, heady, uh, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. You know, Paul says in Corinthians, puffed up, right? People that are puffed up, um, full of, of hot air, as we like to say. And so uh, so those are 18 attributes that are listed here uh, down through verse um, uh, verse 4. And uh, 6 plus 6 plus 6. And so that's my breakdown there. So this is the spirit you are uh, bound to if you're lost. Um, no matter how, how, how we try to cover it up, that's the spirit of a lost man and or woman and we can put perfume on it and we can cover it up but at the end of the day that's what's underneath um and so ephesians 2 says this i mentioned i referenced this this morning i didn't read it but or didn't have it on the list but i i quoted from it just from memory ephesians 2 says this in verse 1 and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins you know, when you're, um, especially when you're young in the Lord, most of us have been saved a while, but you really got to focus on what the Bible says about you and not how you feel about it, right? Because you can read that list of things, and there's times in your flesh, all those attributes of a, of a corrupt man, well, your, your flesh is corrupt, right? And you're walking around with this corrupt flesh. That's why you got to get under it and push it. Um, but the reality is, the truth is, Ephesians 2 tells you, you're quickened, you are brought to life. Right, Jesus is a quickening spirit. So when you got saved, the Holy Ghost came in you, and He brought you to life. Uh, he's spirit and truth. So, uh, so you were dead in trespasses and sins, but you're not anymore. Uh, we're in time past, right? This is the old you. You walked according to the course of this world, but you shouldn't be walking there now, according to the prince and power of the air. Right? So Satan is in control. Uh, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And so that spirit, man, that's what, if you're lost, you're still bound to that spirit. And, uh, but if you're saved, you're free from it. Period. That's it. You're free. So don't go back. That's, I like that because you don't have to sit around and, and uh, go, yeah, but. Well, but what? You're free. Be free. And really what's not free is our minds. Our minds get beguiled from the simplicity that's in Christ. And we've got to own what the Bible says by faith. And, uh, and then God will give us the liberty uh, wherewith we are free. We are free and we need to be free. So we can act like we're free once we really believe we're free because we are free. So it's like it's a it's a spiritual wrestling match. So point D, this is the spirit you are freed from if you're saved, right? So everything I just mentioned, uh, all those those things that we saw, we're free from that spirit of antichrist, from the prince and power of the air, and yet we're we're perpetually today uh, being bombarded with his messaging. So be careful, uh, be careful what you you know what's that song? Oh, be careful, little children, what you see. Well, we, yeah, little eyes what you see, ears what you hear, and uh, you know, the Father up above is looking down with love. You know, we need to take that to heart. 
as adults uh, because we got a lot of things that uh, are bombarding our minds perpetually. You know, I really don't care if Patrick Mahomes gets mad on the sidelines. It really doesn't change my eternity one way or the other. So I'm not going to, there's no sense in me getting caught up in it. Um, why would you reject all of God's good grace and love and go back <clears throat> to weak and beggarly elements of the world, the flesh and the devil? Because uh, our flesh loves it. Uh, our, so if you say you're saved, but your life reflects the DNA of the devil, maybe we should consider um, what your sin did to Jesus and go back to the cross of Christ and receive forgiveness and the grace of God. Because, uh, you know what, when it says we we can confess our sins and God is faithful and just forgive us our sins, He means it. He has paid for our sins. There's no sense in continuing therein, right? He that is dead to sin, you know, we shouldn't live therein. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin continue therein? We shouldn't. So we need to... We need to be free um, in the freedom that God has given us. All right, I'm going to park the car there. we got a quarter till, so that leaves us at point three. And I'm sure I probably blew past a few, a few notes um, that people need filled in. Did you get them all, Sharon? Oh, good job. No? What are we missing? You, oh, you got them all. All right. So, sorry I had a bumpy start there. Uh, so... All right, so uh, we'll, when we pick up, we'll uh, we'll pick up on point three, verses five through nine, and I still have a lot further to go. Interestingly enough, I'm about halfway done though, a little over halfway actually. So I'll be able to finish this section up next time we get together, which will be next year. Yeah. Yeah. So come back, enjoy your time off, but come back. Don't get, don't forget about us, and so. Yeah, and if you miss each other, just go ahead and uh, you know just have a private Bible study and party. Just get together, and you know it's a free country. I just talked about liberty. You're free. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, eight. Okay, let me parse these out. Yeah, let me do that too. Brian is so good at taking care of it. 30 minutes is exactly how long it took me.